listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you, who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and it's time to build your empire. Hey there, Rebels. Welcome back to another episode of the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast. Today we are talking all about how and why to host a joint venture webinar. Now, when you have a digital product, you're always going to be on the lookout for ways to generate more leads. At some point, you'll have pitched your own audience, your own email list, social media, and you're going to need to figure out how you can grow your audience and get more sales because you've already burnt out your existing audience. At this point, you need to expand your reach and connect with new people. So that's when you start looking outward to your friends in other complementary niches to see who you can partner with to promote your digital product in front of their people. And this is what the focus of our episode is on today, how to use the joint venture webinar strategy to get more leads and sales for your digital product. Now, if you've been around me for a while, you know that I am a huge advocate for using a launch event to promote the sale of your digital product. And a launch event is truly any event that builds up buzz and hype before you open the cart for your launch. So as an example, that would include a webinar, a challenge, a five-day challenge, a virtual summit, anything like that that's going to be um, something that you can promote for free that will lead people in and warm them up to feel ready and confident to make a purchase from you. So let's talk about what a joint venture webinar is because a joint venture webinar is a, is a version of a webinar. It's Essentially it is a webinar but you are hosting it in a little bit of a different way. So a joint venture, a joint venture webinar is when you partner with someone else to host a webinar that pitches your product but you're doing so exclusively for their audience. So with a typical webinar, anybody can come. You are promoting it, Uh, maybe you have affiliates promoting it, but you are hosting it specifically for whoever comes. A joint venture webinar, uh, webinar is a little bit different because you are hosting it only for that person's audience. So let's say you're partnering with Stacy Jones. You aren't promoting the joint venture with Stacy Jones. Stacy is promoting the joint venture webinar to her email list, to her social media. So when you actually host the event, when you host the joint venture webinar, the only people that will be in attendance will be Stacy Jones's audience. So the division of labor in a joint venture webinar is as follows. You partner um, with somebody who's going to promote the webinar for you. So Stacey Jones, for example. For example, <laughs> They are going to send the emails and share on social media in the hopes that they can get as many signups for the event as possible. So they're doing the promo stuff, but you are the one who sets up the webinar. So you are the one who does all the back-end technology. You create the webinar content. You are going to be the host of the webinar itself. You're going to pitch the product at the end. All of the follow-up emails that happen after a webinar, you are responsible for those. Now, of course, you can support and you should support your partner by providing them with the resources that they need to share with their audience. So you give them all those resources, but they are the ones who are actually doing the sharing. So why would you host a joint venture webinar? Why is this something that you should consider? So number one, lead generation. This is the primary goal for hosting a joint venture webinar. At some point, you are going to have burnt out your own audience and you're going to need to grow it. You're going to need to figure out another way to get in front of new people. That's when you can partner with someone to pitch your product exclusively to their audience. 
So remember, you would have never been exposed to Stacey Jones's audience if not for this joint venture. So it's a really great way for you to reach a new group of potential leads for your product. So the next reason webinars are really high value and lead to high conversion rates. So just like I encourage you to host a webinar for your launch, um, you know, the same thing is true for hosting a joint venture webinar. It's the same strategy, so it's still going to have that same high conversion rate. A joint venture webinar in particular is a really high value event. It's going to be really great for generating sales for you. So throughout the webinar itself, you are going to get the opportunity to educate this new audience, close knowledge gaps. You're going to get to build that know, like, and trust factor. And then you'll be able to pitch your product after the fact, which leads to sales. And because these people are coming from somebody who they trust, so Stacey Jones's people trust Stacey Jones, and if Stacey Jones trusts you, then they trust you, you can expect to have a decently high conversion rate. Now, of course, to some extent, the conversion rate will depend on your typical conversion rates and the relationship that the joint venture partner has with their audience. So if you have um, a partnership with somebody who just generally doesn't have a great relationship with their people, then most likely the conversion rates will be lower. But that's where um, doing your homework beforehand and really making sure that you're partnering with the right people is going to come into play. So joint venture webinars are also particularly easy for partners to promote. They are high value and you're doing it exclusively for their audience. So it feels really intimate. It feels really personal. It's a really easy way for your partner to feel willing and excited about promoting. Um, and attending a webinar like this one is an easy yes for a lot of people because of that free value. You don't have to pay to attend. You get educated for free. It's good for everybody all around. Joint ventures can also be really great cash injection for you and your business between launches. So if you have an open closed launch format for your online course, for example, you're typically only going to be earning money at set periods of time throughout the year unless you have other things going on in the back end. So hosting a joint venture webinar with a partner can be a really great way for you to get new customers between your open cart periods. And this is going to provide cash injection, some additional earnings into your business all year round. That's never a bad thing, right? So let's talk a little bit about finding the right person to collaborate with, because if I'm being honest, not everybody is a good fit for you to host a joint venture webinar with. And I have done quite a few joint ventures and many successful, some failures or flops. Um, so I'll give you an example. If someone's audience is too small, it's typically not a good fit. Now, I am not usually the person to judge audience size. I don't believe size matters in all contexts. Um, I think that you can make significant income from small audiences. Your niche also depends a lot on the, um, there, some niches are just smaller than others. So you'll have a smaller audience size. So I don't like to base everything on the size of your email list, for example. But, big but here. Hosting a joint venture webinar takes work. And if the numbers simply aren't there, it's not going to be worth your time. So for example, if your webinar typically has a 7% conversion rate with your audience, you can expect the conversion rate for a joint venture webinar to be slightly lower than that, simply due to the fact that it's just not your audience, okay? So it won't be, it won't be low, but it won't be as high as your own conversion rate, okay? So just to be really cautious, let's predict a four to 5% conversion rate, okay? 
if their audience only has 200 people in it, you have to assume that only a percentage of those people are actually gonna sign up to attend. So let's be generous and estimate that 50% of their audience actually signs up for the webinar. So you have 200, or sorry, you have 100 people signed up for your webinar and only 30% of them are actually gonna show up live because that's typically what happens for a webinar. You have X number of people who sign up, but only 50, or 30% of those people will actually show up to the workshop. That's 30 people. That's 30 people who are coming to your workshop. 5% of 30 people is one and a half. So rounding down, that's one sale. You have to ask yourself, is one sale worth the work for the joint venture? I'll leave that up to you. You know, if you're selling a $1,000 program and $1,000 is meaningful to you, then so be it. Then that's absolutely something that you can do and you can consider. All that to say that size does matter to some extent in this case, okay? Now, the higher your typical conversion rates, um, you know, the better your chances and the better um, opportunities you'll have with small audiences. But I just want you to weigh this. Now, it isn't appropriate for you to go around asking people how big is your audience, but you shouldn't go around inviting brand new people to the industry to have joint venture webinars with, right? You need to do your homework and make sure that they do have an audience, that it is a good fit for you and it's going to make sense numbers wise. Um, and that being said, if you are in, an, in a excuse me, notoriously small but intimate niche, that's okay. Just factor that in and consider what your conversion rates typically are as that will obviously skew these numbers perhaps in your favor. Uh, it's also important to consider the niche that the person is in um, when you're trying to select a, a partner for your joint venture. They should be in a complementary and not directly competitive niche, meaning they have the same audience as you, but they're offering different services or products to that audience. So for example, if the person you partner with offers exactly the same sort of services and products that you offer, they have less of an incentive to promote widely. They likely will probably just say no to you altogether but if by some reason they do say yes, they are going to be um, feeling not as inclined to share because why share your webinar, which leads to the sale of a product that they only get a percentage of the sale when they could share their own product and earn 100% of the pie, okay? Um, now, here's an exception to this rule. There are some people who are in the same exact niche as you and... Um, teach the same things, for example, but they just don't have a product yet, right? Maybe they're just not there yet. They have an audience, they've been nurturing their audience, but they just don't have a product yet. Um, in that case, they might want to partner with you, right? They might want to be like, hey, I don't have a product yet, but you have a really great one and I want to earn some money from it. So maybe that makes sense. And if that's the case, go for it. Now, there aren't that many opportunities out there. People are always selling something, whether it be services or products. So you know, I, I would say that would be hard, a harder opportunity to find, but if it exists and you find it, then go for it. Um, so just to give you a clear picture of what this looks like, I teach people how to launch digital products. So I might partner with sales copywriters, for example, or with my friend Krista, who I partner with often, who teaches about virtual summits. These people are all gonna have similar audiences to mine, but they're gonna provide different services than I provide. So we aren't in direct competition with one another, um, but our audiences overlap quite significantly. So how can we motivate potential partners, ideal partners to say yes? Because, you know, not everybody's going to say yes to everything. Our inboxes are very crowded these days, right? we got tons of things coming in, people pitching us left and right, all kinds of different things going on. So how do you motivate people to say yes to this opportunity with you? 
Finding the right partner and getting them to say yes actually depends in large part on your relationship with that person. You're never going to find a stranger on the web, pitch them a JV, and find that they say yes within a few minutes. It just doesn't happen like that. Your partners are going to go out on a limb for you to not only share your event, but by extension, share your product. So they have to know you. They have to trust you. They have to have a relationship with you before they're ever going to be willing to go out on that limb for you. The very first thing that you need to do is build a relationship with these people. For me, a really great strategy has actually been leveraging my podcast, to be completely honest and transparent. I find people to invite on my podcast. That's an easy yes for a stranger, right? You get an, a podcast invitation to come on my show and you know be interviewed on your expert level or whatever it is that you teach about. Um, most people say yes. You know, there's not a lot of people that say no. I've had people say no to the podcast because they're having a baby or something like that. Um, but I haven't had people say no just because they're not interested. People are hard pressed to say no to visibility opportunities. So that's an easy yes, and it's a great opportunity to build a relationship with those people. Um, and then at some point down the line, after we do the podcast interview, after their episode goes live, after we do a few more back and forths and I'm following them on social media, engaging with them, I might turn around and say, hey, this was fun. Would you be interested in doing a JV collab at some point down the line? Now, if we really hit it off and we're doing our interview after I stop recording, I might even be like, hey, this was fun. Like, would you be interested in collaborating in projects in the future? And it might not be something that we just hash out the details right then and there, um, but you know, oftentimes that has been how it's worked out where we're like, hey, we really like each other. Let's get some stuff on the calendar and make some things happen. Now, typically I do a swap, okay? So um, if I'm asking to do a, uh, do a JV collaboration with them um, to their audience, I might invite them to do one for mine. And that's another easy yes because I'm getting something and they're getting something in return. Now, I don't do this for everyone, but if it feels right, I definitely go for it and it does often lead to really great opportunities. Another thing that has worked really well for me um, is hosting a virtual summit. You already know I host summits regularly and oftentimes those speakers at the summit will be interested in further collaborations down the line. This has happened on numerous occasions for me and again, it goes both ways. Um, them asking me to do collaborations happens right back. You know, if I'm inviting them to, or if I'm asking them to do a JV, then they might turn around and say, hey, will you do one for mine too? And, you know, I will say yes for that, unless it doesn't make sense. Another important consideration in motivating potential partners is the affiliate commission structure and the product pricing. You're going to have a really hard time finding somebody who's going to be willing to host a joint venture webinar with you for a $47 product with a 40% commission. They would only be earning $18.80 a sale. It's not nothing, right? That's still money, but it's certainly not a lot. And if they have a small audience, for example, you know, earning like less than $50 just doesn't really make sense for a lot of people. So typically joint venture webinars are going to be for the higher priced products. I've done a joint venture for a product priced in the several thousands. So even if I got just one sale, it would generate over $600 in commissions for me. So knowing that I'd likely generate at least a handful of sales, that was motivational for me. So keep this in mind. A great thing that you can do is set up a call with your potential partners and talk to them about how many people that they think they can get to the event. And then based on that, crunch numbers for them and let them know what they could possibly earn based on your product price and your typical conversion rate and your typical commission structure. 
if you can be like, hey, Stacy, based on your audience numbers and what you think that you'd be able to get in terms of attendance to the joint venture webinar, I think you could make between um, $1,000 and $5,000. Like, how does that sound to you? And Stacy's going to be like, oh, that sounds amazing, especially because I only have to send a few emails that you're going to write for me and share a few times on social media and you're going to provide all the graphics and copies. So yes, yeah, sign me up. Okay, so we talked a lot about the foundations here, finding the right people, motivating your partners, all that good stuff. So let's start talking about the planning process, planning your joint venture webinar event. So the first thing, pick a mutually beneficial date. Um, you know, that, that's pretty standard practice. Make sure it's not overlapping with any major national holidays or any crazy things like it's Labor Day week. So, you know, people typically take vacation. So avoid that week, for example, um, things like that. The next step would be collecting basic information from your partner. So their name, email, headshots, uh, social media channels they use, anything that you need to set up the actual sign up page for the webinar, um, create graphics, create email copy, all that stuff. And then make sure that you prompt your partner to take action, sign up for your affiliate program. So of course, you are going to need an affiliate program in order to host a joint venture webinar. That's kind of a given because you're going to be paying your partner for sales that they refer. So you need to make sure that they are signed up in the affiliate program and ready to go. From there, you set up the back end. So you set up the webinar software. You create the graphics for them. You should be testing the sign-up process, and you should be doing all of those things to make sure that your webinar sign-up registration process and hosting, everything goes off without a hitch. You'll then need to provide your partner with the information that they need to promote, okay? So your partner is gonna need a whole bunch of things, right? They're gonna need graphics, they're gonna need email copy, they're gonna need social media copy, they're gonna need access to their affiliate link. Ideally, you should provide them with access to a calendar that tells them what to send on what date, what graphics to share, and on what date, what social media copy to use, and on what date, okay? So what I recommend you do is send out an email. And in that email, provide one link to one virtual packet. And I usually use Google Drive for this. So in a Google Drive folder, I will have a, a Google Doc that contains every, every link that they could possibly need. Um, so the date of their uh, joint venture webinar, the link to join the webinar, information about their commission structure, when I'm gonna pay them out, um, and then, of course, a link to the calendar that will have access to the emails, the graphics, the social media copy, all that stuff. So when you send out that email, you're literally just giving them one link, and that link contains access to everything that they could need, okay? From there, prepare the event. So finalize the webinar slides and your pitch, practice your webinar if you need to, practice the pitch, um, test the sign-up process. I can't emphasize that enough. You want to make sure that nothing goes wrong because that's frustrating uh, when it happens on a webinar if it doesn't work, but it's especially frustrating on a joint venture webinar because you're essentially botching this person's opportunity to make sales from you. And then, you know, as the time goes on, just make sure that you are checking in on your partner with their promotion and you're providing support to them when need be. And then finally, final step here is host the event follow up and um, get as many sales as you can, okay? So I really believe that one of the most important parts of hosting a joint venture webinar is supporting your speaker with the resources that they need. And I started to talk about this a little bit just now, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive into it a little bit more here. 
So since the success of your joint venture depends solely on the success of your partner's promotional efforts, let's talk a little bit about the process you can follow to make sure that your joint venture, um, your joint venture partner's promotional efforts go off without a hitch. So first thing, create a Google Drive file for your partners. Then go in, create the graphics for them. So you should be making social media square graphics, graphics for Instagram stories, graphics for Pinterest, um, graphics for every platform that that person uses. And they should have told you what social media platforms they're using. So you wanna make sure that if they're on Twitter, you're making stuff for Twitter. If they're on Instagram, you're making stuff for Instagram. Go ahead and write social media copy for them. Um, so the captions for the graphics, create that for them. You don't want them to have to do the work. You want to have it all ready and easy for them um, so they can just copy and paste and go. Because the easier you make it for your partner, the more likely it is that they will share more often and more regularly. The harder you make it for them, they're just not gonna share as much. And that even means writing complete emails for them with subject lines and all. And I know that it might sound overwhelming to do all of this work, but hey, you gotta do it, right? Like if you want these people to go out on that limb for you, you gotta make it easy for them. And that means you're gonna create all of the stuff for them. The good news is that once you've developed the system once, you can rinse and repeat it over and over and over again. So you don't need to make new graphics every single time, you just, you have a template and you pop in somebody's new name, whatever their name is. You'd start with Stacey Jones and next week it's Amanda something. Okay, so um, you just put Amanda's name, Amanda's picture in the next graphics. You have a template, everything's already created. Um, the next thing I do, is, and I highly recommend you consider this, is create an Airtable schedule for them. It's literally the best thing out there. <laughs> it just makes everything so easy. Um, it's so customizable, you can pretty much do anything with it. Um, so what I do is I make an Airtable calendar and I include um, the date that something needs to be posted and I say what content needs to be posted by including a link to the email copy or to the Instagram caption or whatever it may be. I include a link to the image template that they can use. I include everything. So it's as simple for them as opening up the Airtable, looking at the current date or looking at the future date, seeing everything that they need um, to do. So schedule the email, schedule social media posts. They can either do it as, you know, they can either do it in advance, and I know a lot of people do that. They get the calendar and they say, I'm just gonna schedule all this in advance now. Or they can just do it as time goes on and schedule it the day before or the day of, whatever they wanna do, it's really up to them. Um, but the calendar just makes it so easy. They have links to everything that they could possibly need. They have a clear indication of when it needs to be sent, on what platform it needs to go out on, all of that stuff, okay? The next thing you should do is create a document in Google Drive with all of their personal, unique information as it relates to hosting the joint venture. So. What can they expect on webinar day? When should they join the webinar? Are they gonna be on video? Are they not gonna be on video? Um, what's their link to join the webinar? What's their affiliate link? What's the date and time of the webinar? Um, you should be including the link to that Airtable schedule to promote, right? You, you want them to have access to that. Payout information, any other relevant frequently asked questions should go there, all that good stuff, okay? So then you're gonna send an email to your partner at the very least one month before your webinar. So this is gonna give them ample time to schedule in advance if they want to. And it's also gonna give you time to follow up with them if you need to, okay? 
you don't want this to be a rush. Uh, you want them to have the time that they need to procrastinate. <laughs> um, and then be clear in that message when you believe that they should start promoting. And that's always been helpful for me when I'm partnering with people. Um, if they say, hey, I need you to start promoting on November 10th, I'm, I'm like, okay, I know November 10th is when I'm gonna start promoting. So give them a clear outline of when you think they should start promoting um, and for how long, all that good stuff. As the event gets closer, be sure you touch base with them, ask them how promotion is going, ask them what you can do to help them. And then when registrations do start coming in, be in communication with your partner, update them regularly on that. I know I am personally obsessed with numbers. So if I'm partnering with somebody, I wanna know, did I have 100 people sign up? Did I have 300 people sign up? And you know, I have some kind of idea because when I send out an email, I can see how many people clicked on a link. So I might know around um, you know, how many people signed up, but I don't know for sure because they're not using my email service provider. So I like, I like the partner or the person I'm partnering with to tell me, hey, guess what? You have 150 people signed up, congratulations. Um, and that's always motivational for me. And if it's not as high as I think it should be, then I can you know, double down on my efforts and get information on what's working and what's not working. You know, after that, at that point, it's really just touching base before the live event to send relevant links and reminders. And then that's it. You host the event, you do your follow-up, hopefully you make a good amount of sales, you get a good conversion rate, um, and that's it. You're done. Your partner's work is done. Your work is done. You have successfully hosted a joint venture webinar, and you now have a system to host it over and over and over again with as many people as you want to. You're going to fall in love with this method. Trust me, it's addicting. <laughs> uh, it is a little bit of work at upfront at first, but once you get the hang of it, this is easily something you could outsource um, if the funds make if the budget makes sense. But, you know, it's also something that you can replicate yourself, you know, if it's not in the cards for you to outsource. And it does have high rewards in terms of earning potential. So hopefully you learned something new. Hopefully you're willing and excited to take on the challenge of hosting your first joint venture webinar. I wanna hear from you. If you've hosted a webinar in the past, a joint venture webinar in the past, or you're thinking of doing one in the future, hit me up in the Instagram DMs. Let me know, I wanna chat about this. If you have any questions about this process, don't be shy, ask me any questions via email or on Instagram. I wanna hear from you. Thanks for tuning in Rebels. I'll see you next time.